0: My actual scripture for starting this morning is actually Romans 12, verse 2. And it was actually when I looked up verse 2 and, and, and was looking for the context and reading verse 1, that, that verse 1 just spoke to me in another way. And before I read verse 2, let me also tell you that, you know, Pastor Bray, when I told him how I was struggling, he said, uh, you think I would have pieced it together in some some logical, common sense aspect of... Of how much I was carrying in the process and the change and and I had moved like that since I was a teenager and when I was a teenager I didn't own anything. Amen. Now it's a different story. And uh, and he goes, you know because I saw a study that said that that moving is one of the top five most stressful things you can experience. I was like, "Uh, I believe it. (laughs) I believe it. Why didn't I think about that? And Sometimes we need to have our perspective opened a little bit. And sometimes it takes sitting down with someone else to help us to see that. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, if they'll have that on the screen, if not, I'll pull it up. It says, uh, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Say, New person. By changing the way you think. Change, I love that this is this progressive word. It's not just done, one and done kind of situation. He says changing. It's it's the process of continuation. then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. How about you so many times struggling God, what is your will? And, and yes, sometimes it, these kinds of descriptions aren't gonna replace, should I go here or there? Do, 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 do I, which direction do I go and, and things like that? But no, God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. That's your heavenly Father today. That's his desire for you, each and every one of you today. But in one of the ways that we must accomplish this, it's not through our efforts and it's not through doing something more and striving more. But in this text, it's the changing of our minds. The changing of our minds transform you. May I pray for us this morning. Father, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you for your presence with us right now in this space. We thank you for all that you are doing, transforming our lives and changing our minds right here. You've been doing it, and we recognize the process that we've been in and, and the, the process of right now and what's going to continue that we cannot even see yet. But we give you thanks for what is yet to take place in the hopes of what you're doing in our lives in the beautiful resurrected name of christ jesus give god amen amen like i said so i moved just a couple weeks ago loaded up the u-haul Strapped my super old Honda to the back of it because it was not making the drive to, to the DFW. My wife was hoping it would die somewhere, but, uh, but no, she's stuck with the car. Uh, maybe as long as it stuck with me, you know, till death do us part, I've got this car. I love this car. Um, and uh, my super old Honda Civic and the standard, you know, anti-theft device. It's, not, it's a standard, not an automatic. I don't know how many people can even drive them anymore. Um... I will say, like in San Angelo, I never even locked my doors or rolled my windows up. I just left it as it was. I'm like, first of all, who's going to want to steal it? And second of all, who can steal it? So, and, uh, so I got up there, and, and I went without her first, um, still taking care of things. Graduated the last kid and, and still had things to take care of. And so I, I made the trek on my own with the U-Haul and everything. And, and thankfully, I had help from the, the church. I had a group of guys down here help me load it, and I had a group, group of guys up there help me unload it. And uh, so I'm up there on my own, which is, let me just say, it's a dangerous thing. It's uh, a single guy, like, like not single, but like I'm batching it right. You know the term because my wife's not with me. I have no kids at home. I do whatever I want. I have like just whatever. And so just one particular day is, uh, I think it was the Monday after I moved there and and um, all of a sudden, I decided to go on a bike ride i 'd been tinkering with my bikes. I own too many of them and, uh, and and tinkering with the bikes and changing parts and things i 'm trying to get used to the hills of the DFw and uh, in the Arlington area compared to our flat San angelo. It is a whole other story there the hills, the humidity and, and a whole bunch of other things and um, And so I go around the neighborhood i'm saying i 'm just testing the parts, I lock the door, I head out and uh, and and, uh, and, I, and I had that feeling too, because I, I, I often don't lock my door when I lived in San Angelo, just leave the house and come back and whatever. And like, now I'm like, oh, I should probably lock the door now. And, uh, and I come back and I, and I punch in the code on the newly installed um, deadbolt, the keypad entry deadbolt, no keys. I'm moving into the new age and I've, I've actually had one in the last two houses I've lived in and, and it turns green and then the deadbolt doesn't retract. I punch in the code again, and the deadbolt just makes this little like click noise, not that like like it's supposed to go, you know, and like let me in the house. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I about to do? I have no way to get in this house. I, I, I have no key, uh, anything else. I was completely reliant, it worked all weekend. So if it's a if it's user error, like, like, it's at some point decided, no, nah, I'm not going to do that today. And, like, and I'm just in this moment, and I feel like this moment, like, you ever have those moments where you think it's going to go a particular way, and it doesn't go as you would expect it? And this was me in my new house in a new city, and I have nobody to help. I'm, like, texting my brother-in-law, who's not too far away. I'm trying to get help. And, uh, and it's like, like, I'm thinking I'm about to just redneck this and, uh, and just break into my own house in a particular way. Pastor Bonet is like, don't do that. Call a locksmith. I'm like, it is Monday night. I'm not paying a lock. It'll be cheaper for me to fix the thing I'm gonna break to get into my house than to call a locksmith. Like, you are crazy. And, uh, and then of course, the impatience set in. My phone's dying. I'm less than 10 percent. I can't get in my house. Sun is setting. I think it's already set. And I'm like, I can get to my sister and brother-in-law's house and put my phone on the charge and figure out what I'm gonna do next. And and. Uh, and I forgot that I had sent a text message to our campus pastor there in Arlington, uh, Kevin, Pastor Kevin. And because uh, I was told by Pastor Bonet, he's like, well, I think Kevin might have the last key. And maybe it works on one of the other doors. And I like, so I texted Kevin, but then in panic mode. Oh, uh, panic mode is setting in. What do I got to do? And if I'm going to ride my bike to my sister in law, which only a mile and a half, if I'm going to ride my bike there, I got to get there before I lose daylight. And then I'm going, and I'm on the sidewalk, and there's like this giant retention wall, and then the big road, and, and I don't, I'm not riding the road there. And um, and I'm going, and then I encounter people with the dog, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to jump off the bike. And, and I'll just walk past them and make them feel better, and like instead of just blazing past them on the bike. And, and new bike, and, and dumb story later, my foot gets stuck because I'm new bike that I'm not ready for and like I said changing parts and, and I get slung into the wall and so and then I'm using my forearm as a brake pad against the wall and uh, oh my goodness I get to the bottom of the hill and now I'm bleeding I'm embarrassed I'm locked out of my house like it's just compounding one thing on top of the other and Kevin calls me my phone rings and he's like hey I got that key I can be over there in a few minutes you want me to come by What am I doing <laughs> oh my goodness and like i leave this big hill like i'm flying down this hill that was the whole like brake pad of my forearm and uh, now i gotta climb back up the hill and get back to my house and sure enough kevin shows up he's my savior of the day his key works on another door and i get in and i hide that key and i reprogram the garage and like i do all this stuff and forget the dead bolts. i'm not even relying on that we so often have these things where we think it's going to go a particular way and it stood out to me so much in the story of Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who's one of the, the religious leaders, is going to go to Jesus in the midst of darkness, in the midst of what, what's going on in, in Jesus. And, and, I, and I saw my time, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be skipping ahead some here on this. And, um, but in John chapter 3, we have this story. He says, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader, who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I love Jesus and his challenging words. He's Nicodemus is just even acknowledging who Jesus is. He says, you must be born again if this is what you wish to see. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Nicodemus has gone through the effort in the midst of night and cloak of darkness, hiding to find his way to Jesus, a religious leader, the teacher of the teachers, an expert of the laws, and he arrives to Jesus to, to learn, to see what Jesus has to show him. And yet in this moment, then Jesus gives him uh, this, this aspect of, you must be born again. And Nicodemus, like, like oh, come on, Nicodemus, like, you ever said something you wish you could take it back? <laughs> like, oh, I think this is a Nicodemus moment, like, like how can an old man be what Nicodemus think about that bro like you want you want to think about that again like Nicodemus by the way Nicodemus for those of you might be music fans of 21 Pilots I wrote in my notes Nico just NICO and then also I couldn't help but think about Nico and the Niners and uh 21 Pilots anybody Nico and the Niners you're gonna think about Nico and the Niners from now on when you think about Nicodemus It might be called Nico and the Winers I don't know uh Nicodemus is here he's trying to figure it out It'd be whiners would be the Pharisees. And um and he's here in the situation. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that I see things like this in the Bible because I don't know how many times. I I was at a wedding just last weekend and it was like I get to the wedding and all my brain starts that, that overthinking brain. And it's like, man, what did I say wrong? I said that. Ooh, was that dumb? Like I start reprocessing and replaying everything that you said in those situations. And here's Nicodemus. And moving along in verse five, it says, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Don't be surprised by this. I like in the, I think it's the ESV that says, don't marvel at this. And I'm a fan of marvel, so that, of course that stood out to me. Don't, don't, don't sit here and wonder at this phrase. But how often do we as Christians sit here at this phrase and marvel and wonder? Like we get paralyzed at this phrase. And, and maybe I'm, I'm speaking to the religious in here, and maybe this is just me, maybe you're with me, that we have emphasized this phrase. For so much of of our church, in in my experience, we like to camp out here. That's how much we like it. You must be born again, and and, and we love this, and we camp here. But but Jesus is saying, but wait a second. Don't just sit and gaze at this phrase. He said, do not marvel at this. I, I think we have boiled this down so much in the church to one statement to one moment, to one experience. Now I'm not gonna take away how we have interpreted this in the sense of salvation. Praying the prayer of salvation, giving your life to Jesus in this this one miraculous moment, and, and don't get me wrong, one of the greatest miracles that ever happens in anyone's life is the moment that we are transformed from darkness to light. When we say, Jesus, I need you in my life. The creator of the universe who created me, I give my life to you. But if we stop and only marvel at this one moment, we are missing out on so much. Because for far too long, we have made this a transactional moment rather than a transformational moment. That I give you something, you give me something, and then I get back on my journey and I keep going where I'm going. This transaction, this trade-off, this purchasing. He, he did the purchasing, though, but we tend to think that if I, it, it, yet, if I can do it, then there's something that, that I hold in my possession, in my control, in my authority. When everything was done on his part, through his power. The challenge with making a decision for Christ, language that we find, is found in the truth that the decision is often transactional, but not formational. To make a decision for Christ requires subsequent, ongoing decisions for love, compassion, justice, truth, and humility. We have so focused on those one-time events Again, I don't want to take away from that one-time event by any means. I will never want to lose the moment when I was a child, I think about six years old, giving my life to Christ. And I don't even remember all the details of that moment, but I can look back at my life and know that that moment played such a role in my life. Even in my college years when I was off and just partying and living for myself, and it's like, what was that life that I was living, but yet I could still see God in moments of guidance, in moments of, of intervening in my life. And the ways He intervenes, we don't always understand. You know, on Wednesday, I came home from the church office and I walk into my house and I hear the toilet in the guest bathroom is running and running. And running. Apparently, it's making up for me not running anymore, and it's just doing all the work. And I walk into the bathroom, and there's just water on the floor. I just got done what I felt wasting my time at the office for somebody who didn't show up, and the situation. And and and, and I walk in. It's like I don't have enough to do. I still got boxes and, and situations and things to install and things to do. And now I've got water on my floor. I just moved into this house. And, and I get it dealt with to enough to drip and get to the hardware store and get the parts I need and get back to the house and, and replacing the, the valve that had just gone bad and, and the hose just in case. And and, uh, and was just annoyed. There's just one more thing, one more frustration, one more thing gone wrong, one more thing for me to talk to Pastor Braden about. How you doing? Oh, well, let me tell you. And then it was Thursday. When all of a sudden, it was like a Nicodemus moment of sitting with Jesus and hearing words that were not the words I was looking for or expecting, and all of a sudden I had the realization, the revelation, said, you know what? <laughs> that water could have leaked on Friday instead of Wednesday after you left town. It's like, ooh. Yeah, you could have been coming home Monday to a whole nother situation. (laughs) I was annoyed with a little bit of water that had maybe been running for an hour in my bathroom when it could have been four days of water in my bathroom when I got back this week. All right, thank you, God, for, you know, I'm not gonna say you made that leak, but I'm gonna thank you that that happened on a Wednesday instead of a Friday. I'm not grateful for the leak, but I'm grateful for the timing, I'll tell you that. Sometimes we just, we don't know, and my concern in this is when we get trapped in the one-time moment is, is that we so often get trapped in this, but, but why am I not where I should be? I'm still struggling with the same addiction, the same problem, the same habit, the, the, the same situation, the same relationship, but I prayed the prayer to give my life to Jesus, but yet I still have these same struggles in my life. God, where are you in this situation? Where are you? In my pain, in my frustration, in my struggle, in my fear, in my anxiety. This one-time moment should have fixed it, should have taken care of it. Have you ever been discouraged because it didn't go like you thought it would go? It didn't turn out like you thought it would turn out? And Jesus tells us, and it continues in verse 8 of John chapter 3, He says, the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the spirits. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked, as he continues to wrestle. I love this about Nicodemus, and can I I give a disclaimer for, for those of us that tend to take this stage? If Nicodemus, the teacher of teachers, the expert of the law, the the, the religious leaders of religious leaders is sitting here and baffled by these moments, can I tell you, I don't always have an answer. (laughs) Maybe I got some wisdom from God. Maybe I've got some experience that I can share. Somebody's asked me the other day a parenting question. and, And like, I thought that maybe like once I graduated my kids, maybe I'd be ready. Maybe I'd be at that place. And, and then I got asked the parenting question. I said, like, "Nope." I said, like, "I'm not ready to answer that yet." I was like, "I can give you a little bit of like my story of like what I went through, um, you know, and, and where I'm at." Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm not ready yet. I'm not there yet. We don't always have those answers, and it's okay. It's okay. If the religious experts, Jesus sitting down, and he says you are a respected jewish teacher and yet you don't understand these things i don't know about you for too often i've gotten even caught up in scripture on the marvel and the wonder of a scripture and i wrestle and i can't figure it out and i can't find myself to be able to be in a place to be able to move forward to move on and jesus is in this place of even saying hey hey, hey. i know i know i gave you I gave you a curveball. I gave you something you weren't expecting. You didn't even know how to process that, and that's okay. Stay with me. Keep coming forward. Keep staying in my presence. Keep worshiping. Keep praying. Keep asking. Keep coming. Is there something that you don't understand? Is there something that you're not quite grasping? This is our life so many times. Oh, but, but I've prayed the prayer of salvation, but I don't get water baptism. Then you get, you get water baptized and you come out of that water and you're like, okay, I get water baptism, but I don't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and you're like, like I'll stop here, I'm good here. I'm not ready for that. And we always, or sometimes, we don't know, we're not ready. What is, what is that thing? What is happening? What is, this, what is this move of God in my life? What is this, this unction on my heart when I'm in this place to make a decision and then... God, is that you? I'm not sure. What is this Holy Spirit that's, that's moving in this space? I don't know what to do with it. That's okay. Just keep, keep coming forward. Don't marvel in a, in a place, in a position that you become paralyzed. That you, that you can't just move. I like there was a physicist I read about, I always love when a, when, a, when a scientist makes religious or spiritual, let me say spiritual kind of comments. I always love when the, when the spiritual and the, the religious make kind of scientific comments and these two come together and um, I'll probably butcher his first name, but Niels Bohr back in World War II was a physicist and he said, God is not only stranger than we think, but stranger than we can think. He's not only stranger than you think, but he is even stranger than you are even possible to think. So many times in this Christian walk, we get this boiled down to, and we have so many thought processes and habits, and and even though we give our lives to Christ, we are still shaped and formed by the way of the world, by the way of culture, by the way of our family, by the way of our upbringing, by the way of our education system, by the way of even just people in our lives. There's that person, there's that teacher that called you stupid, and you've never been able to shake it. And it stayed with you and and been a part of your formation as to who you are today, and it wasn't who God created you to be. It was the way the world manipulated you to be. And God's got something greater for you. But can we sit in the face of Jesus and be willing to put aside our thoughts, our ways, what we think is right. To hear the love of Christ in those moments shaping us and forming us in a way beyond transaction to a way of transformation. (sighs) Man, I don't know about you. The way I think gets in the way so often. but my way, this is right, this is the way, this is the thing, and and what do I do with this? And I'm here to tell you about this progression. You prayed that prayer. I like my commentary, the Bible said, to be born again, or as it were, begin life anew, in relation to God. Not in relation to the world. Not in relation to my upbringing. Not in relation to my education. Because aren't we all still Nicodemus? We're all still Nico. We may not be experts in the law and experts in religion, but let me be real, we're all expert in something. (laughs) We all think that we got expertise of something in our lives and so often, because we have an expertise in one area, we tend to like translate that. Oh yeah, yeah, that that converts. That converts over to this too and i become an expert over here as well. And we stop asking questions like Nico and we start making statements. And he says, this is the manner of thinking, feeling and acting with reference to spiritual things undergoing a fundamental and permanent revolution a permanent revolution, not a moment of revolution, but a constant revolution, a constant of being made new, a constant of having our minds being renewed like Christ Jesus, being formed like our savior as we choose to follow him, letting go of our ways. And this is the refreshing aspect of Nicodemus. This is the refreshing aspect of what we experience when we finally don't do it our way and we do the hard thing of doing it his way and then realize what it does to our soul. When we forgive when we didn't think it was possible, when we gave when we didn't think we could, And I love this with Nicodemus because out of this situation with Nicodemus, we get some of the greatest scripture that we Christians, those long time church goers love to use. One of the, the most famous scriptures that even probably those who have not grown up in the church or known Jesus has probably heard this verse. And it's the verse found in John three sixteen. And this verse comes out of this situation with Nicodemus. In the midst of darkness, finding the light of Jesus, we get, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Say life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. I am so grateful that my God is not the kind of earthly judge that I would define things, but he is a judge unlike any other judge that I could comprehend, who says, I do not condemn you but I love you, I bring you into my family, I adopt you, I call you son, I call you daughter, you are my child, you are blessed, you are made righteous in the name of my son Jesus Christ. This is your heavenly Father, not the one who shaves you or holds it against you. He is the one who makes you new. He is the one that lets you into his house, asking questions that don't make sense and struggling with truths that, don't you, that you don't understand yet. This is the God that we serve, the God that we worship, the God that we pray to. we are not just born again. Our last experience, this quote, our last experience with God is frequently the greatest obstacle to our next experience with God. We are not born again. We are born again, and again, and again, and again, and it continues, and it's a process of progress. You've been stuck in a place and you've been frustrated and you've not been able to understand why. Because you have been born again and it's time to do it again and again and again. You've done something great and it was a moment that you'll never lose, never forget. And now it's time for a new moment. It's time for a new outreach. It's time for a new level of giving, a new level of praying, a new level of offering your life. It's time for a new thing. Parents, it is difficult and there's shame you gotta leave behind sometimes when you've not lived up to the standard that you feel you should have been at. And it's time to say, you know what? Who I was is what what it was. And you know what? I'm gonna be born again and again and again. And the thing that I know that I should have done all along and didn't do as a parent, I'm going to do it now. As a follower of Christ, I'm going to do it now. As a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to do it now. And you no longer allow these things to hold you back. And there may be people even like Nicodemus. They're going to be naysayers and people who want to stop you or speak against you. And in the midst of darkness, we see Nicodemus making his way to Jesus. So my question this morning is how are you gonna make your way to Jesus? It's in the face of Jesus that once again, we see some of the greatest miracles. And I'm encouraged by Nicodemus in this situation. I had to pay attention and look, because in this, in this story, in this home, or they're breaking bread. We, we don't see well, what happened with Nicodemus. He doesn't have any more response. Jesus goes to some of the greatest teaching that we ever see in the rest of John chapter three, and you can read the whole thing later on. And some of the greatest teaching, and even light and darkness that we see Jesus teaching here. But we, see, we don't see another response by Nicodemus. We see, we see him in the struggle. We see him in the question. We see him in the doubt of his comprehension of what Jesus is saying. But then later you can find Nicodemus again when the Pharisees are wanting to go after Jesus and Nicodemus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Shouldn't we be hearing him out? If we're gonna judge him, shouldn't we hear him? Ha, oh, I love that. And then we find Nicodemus later again in scripture. After the death of Jesus, after he sacrificed his life on the cross, we see Nicodemus showing up again Nicodemus, not one of the disciples, not one of the 12, but yet a man who is impacted in the face of Jesus, in the presence of the Savior of the world. We see his life impacted and we know it because Nicodemus shows up again and again. And I believe these are moments of being born again and again and again. What is God calling you to do? What is the new thing in your life that fear has had you paralyzed? Like your feet are in cement, you've not been able to lift one foot. You've been overthinking the process of how it's going to happen instead of moving into what God has called you to do. Maybe it is salvation today and it's your first time born again experience to say yes, I've been in darkness. I've been bound by it and arrested by it and it's time that I'm gonna move into this new space. I'm gonna give my life to Jesus and allow his perfect love to cast out the fear of my life, the anxiety of my life, the worry of my life, the stress of my life, the burden and the weight of what I carry, and maybe that's not even for you, maybe it's for somebody else. You're not even carrying your own anxiety, you're carrying somebody else's anxiety. And God's saying, "No, no, no, bring it to me. It's my yoke and burden. What is God speaking to you this moment? And I'll finish with this one last scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. The way our minds have been trained by the ways of the world, by the ways of society, by our upbringing, by our situations. A human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. And how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Say, that's me. I think we need to say that again. It's become a new person. Say, that's me. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's me. Has begun. The process. The way of moving forward. Are you with me here this morning? I pray for you this morning. Be by your heads and close your eyes. And Father, we thank you. for the miracles taking place today. Miracles of salvation, miracles of healing, miracles of our minds being renewed. We have focused on the negative, we have focused on the dark, we have focused on the world, we have focused on what we can't do, we have focused on what we don't have, we have focused on everything else but you. And we turn our minds, our hearts, our souls, our whole bodies in worship to you in this moment and say, this is yours, I am yours. You made me, you created me, you gave me purpose, you planned me, you know the the hair on my head, you knew my name before I had it. And 2,000 years ago, before I'd even known who Jesus was, he gave his life for me. Do you accept that life today? Do you accept that life not just for salvation, but beyond salvation? Will you repeat a prayer after me? This is a prayer for all of us. If you want to give your life to Christ for the first time, this is your prayer. If, if you're as old as me or twice as old as me, this is your prayer. If you grew up in the church, this is your prayer. If you've, this is your first time in church, this is your prayer. This is a prayer for all of us to pray together in unity and agreement and to join together. And everybody just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Christ Jesus. That his sacrifice was for me. Make me new. Renew my mind. Light my path so that I can follow in your ways and not the ways of the world. In what you call me to do, in my plan that you prepared for me through Christ Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit fill my life now, that I would overflow, and what you have for me, God, being the hands and feet of Jesus, in my family, and in my community, in my church, and anywhere you send me, in the name of Jesus, give God a good amen and amen, and let's worship him, thank him, praise him right now.